speak life. It's like what speak yeah. life? But you what, what do you mean mm-hmm. life? No, I'm gonna write a song called breathe. "I'm Gonna Love on You," <laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> we're gonna see how that goes over in the uh, in grade school. <laughs> it definitely. <laughs> So is there anything else that you could just read? <laughs> anything besides Anselm. Anselm is actually an important theologian. Would you talk in the microphone, please? When was he born? 1009. Just, thanks, spectator from the crowd. <laughs> I'm hey, sorry. When was he born? Not 1009, sorry. <laughs> Sometime in the, the thousands. <laughs> he wrote um, the Cura Deus Homo in 1096, so he was born sometime before that. Okay. Okay, I'm glad you said that. Um, and not only that, but see, I'm trying to just add to the conversation. That's so interesting. I didn't actually have anything. I just. Um, well, I'm getting that from a book. Do you ever, I'll, I'll let you do. I'll let you introduce the did book. Did you ever later. think? Do you ever contemplate? He's from the thousands, so in our head, it's like early church father type thousand years after Christ. It's mid, right. yeah, it's mid church. You know what I mean? Yeah. How much time separates them from that and that from us? And who did, and who did the titling? Is it just recently or is it way the, back when? The titling of what? Like early fathers or early men of God. You the title? Oh, like, do, do you think oh, in do you um, think in one thousand forty nine they were looking back at certain individuals and saying oh, they yeah. were the early? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're saying, well, now you're the early, and they're the they all, or, and they're the early birds. They all built off of each other. They it was all yep, just like we do. There's some lost writings of Paul where he says, "Man, way back in the day, Mary Magdalene, like." She, was, she said things yeah. that were legendary. Wow. Wait, how far were they apart? I was trying to keep it close. Uh, they were probably... 40 years? They were contemporaries. I don't think... I think Paul was uh, a contemporary of that whole time period. I'm sure they were alive at the same time. Because Paul died in the 50s or early 60s, I believe. Um, Did he? I thought it was later. Well, he had to have died. He died before 70. He didn't have to have. Like, well, yeah, did he? Yeah, because I guess he, he did. Because he died under. Never mind. Yeah. I'm thinking as I'm talking and realize, <laughs> realizing how foolish. Is that how you, do you ever feel that way? I don't know, but that's a great segue to my sixth grade class talking about church. I'm, I like oh, it. Oh, really? What'd All right. Guys, yeah, yeah, go, go for it, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> so I had nothing better to do except ask my students this morning if they only had $50 and they were somehow dropped off in New York City, how they would get home. And they couldn't call their parents, couldn't get money. They they just, they nobody was going to get them, nobody personally was going to get them out of uh, trouble in terms of being 3,000 plus miles across country. So I'm like, what would you do? And I had some really interesting comments. One was, I would use $20 and I would get a cheap seat ticket in a baseball stadium and when the game was about over, I'd go down and talk to professional baseball players and ask for some help. I'm like, that's plausible. That's, wow. that's that'd be a good PR story too for yeah. that player. And then another was I would go to a church and I'm like, explain. Well, they're just known for helping. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And they're like, well, like they might, you could like go to a church and, and start a charity I'm like, so this charity would be for you to like get on a plane or bus or train to get back home. They're like, yes. I'm like, so I'm asking everybody. So is it is do we know church as a place of what? And they're like, well, they'll help you if you need it or they'll give you food. 
And I'm like, so they're generous. Just so in society, do we just see churches as a place of generosity? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, well, so if you were lost in New York City and you had to get back home, going to a church, might that be a better option than going to a stranger's house and just knocking on a door and asking for help? And they said, yes. I'm like, well, why? And they're like, well, church people are nice people Hmm. and they're generous. I'm like, I think that's plausible as well. I think they'd probably feed you. They'd probably raise about $500 in an instant, <laughs> get you on a plane and get you back home. Probably call your parents and say, he or she is coming home. And why the heck did you drop them off in New York City with $50? Did you give them Tim Keller's address? <laughs> you know what? I almost mentioned, hey, you're in New York City, Presbyterian Church, not too far. I don't even know where that is in relation to the actual downtown. It's, I think it's pretty close i think it's in manhattan but yeah it is in manhattan there's another super big church that's um probably more hip or viewed as more hip ear bunnies bunny ears ear bunnies and it's useless that i'm even talking because i don't remember (laughs) (laughs) so if you're out there and you know that church outside of tim keller's purse but i remember seeing church i saw some video and it was like (laughs) it was in a tall apartment Skyrise. I mean, you could just look out the window and you're, they're like above it all. Oh, that's ridiculous. Like, wow. They're already in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> or the Tower of Babel. <laughs> Gosh. Their own Babel. <clears throat> anyway, it was nice. It was nice to hear a good 80, 90% of my students just immediately, you know, affirm church and what it stands for, which. Well, it's good. They have, I'm glad they have that, just that backup assumption right i know it's not always a or case where people don't always have that experience but i'm glad in your circumstance they do and we haven't had a update like this from you in a while <laughs> really yeah we need more because i i can just more picture you, i can picture you in your class just like the light bulb goes on as soon as the kid says church or whatever right. and then all of a sudden you they don't know you well enough I bet there's a twinkle in your eye. They don't know me at all. And there's a twinkle in your eye. You're like, okay, I'm just going to start asking questions. And you're just opening up rabbit holes that planting seeds into rabbit holes that eventually, I don't know what metaphor I'm going for here. There's rabbits and seeds and plants, but you're doing all those things for the kids. I think it's cool. It's very fun because anytime they, anytime they bring something up that connects, uh, um, connects to Jesus, I'm on it. Yeah. Did you feel like you had a sparkle though? Oh yeah. 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 It's always it's always fun when <laughs> I just get it direct. I just get to uh what is it? Facilitate. Do you ever think are you good? Are you a veteran at this or is there ever a moment where you're trying no, no to No regrets. Okay. <laughs> so you know never you're never worried about being fired. Oh, no. Maybe a kid complains about something. No. No, because it's not me. I always stay away from like what you would do or telling. So they say, Oh, church is such a generous place. I, in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? The church I belong to, they would definitely help you out. Like I don't ever go there. Yeah. And so they have no idea my, my beliefs unless they looked at the back of my Prius and saw there was a cross on it. Kind of, I think. I guess there is a cross, the Mountain View logo, the symbol. It's hidden in there. It's in a pyramid though. So, (laughs) Yeah, and they totally identify with the pyramid. Oh, triangles. What is it? What's that thing? Illuminati. Illuminati. Oh, my gosh. They just don't stop. <laughs> that has died down, though, so I don't know. That's what they want you to think. They moved on. <laughs> they moved on from mainstream because the kids aren't Illuminati talking Illuminati are immortal. They don't sweat. They're shape-shifting lizards. <laughs> yeah, they breathe through their eyelids. Wow. Or I think I've done that once. Didn't feel good. Yeah. I was, I had the Xbox on and of course, you know, the dashboards got things like Netflix, the apps you can open, games you played. One of them is Assassin's Creed, which is in Egypt. And so there's this pyramid and, and Gwen's like, what's the Illuminati doing up there? (laughs) (laughs) And so it's prompting me to think about maybe follow up conversations because I don't remember ever having a conversation with her about the Illuminati, and she's eight. They <laughs> so are in the school, your yeah. house. kids at school are going to just going to town on that. 
It's a conspiracy against fathers. Oh my gosh. Um, there's, I mean, speaking of Illuminati, there's a, there's definitely a fight. I mean, there's always been a fight against Christianity and Jesus. And I mean, I can't even, I mean, I could say Jesus cause we teach it in history a little bit. It actually says briefly talk about it. And I've said that before, but, um, a teacher or a few teachers, I think complained about the song, um, Oh man, bring bring life or breathe life. Um, just sing it right who's now. Who's the just start speak humming. life? Speak life. I still don't know. Speak By who? Life. Oh 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 oh. Speak life. Oh come on. He's the you biggie. know Scott. Go ahead, He's sing the, it with it. He's the biggie. Speak the life. Backstreet Boys. Speak <laughs> life. Oh oh oh. Is that how it goes? Oh. <laughs> Come on. I don't know. Do you know who does it? Yes. He's playing. He's actually in concert here in San Diego next month and up in uh, the something bank center in Ontario. Okay. We're closer to Ontario than San Diego. Is it a new? Never mind. No. A new song? Is it a Christian people's? Are you They're Christian? Serious? Oh, Stephen yes. Curtis Chapman? No. Michael W. Smith? No. The big dog. And he's and he gets the big dog. And he gets oh, he gets the told big the big D A W G. Yeah. Carmen. With Snoop. No, he gets he would get criticized by Pastor Chuck because he was like, "You're in the wrong place, dude." Does he profess to be a Christian artist? Quote unquote. Yes. Okay. But is is he is You don't he, know Speak Life? Is he, no. Is he black? No. Oh. Why, why, you, why you say it like why that? Why you like that? backwards? <laughs> like how you say it, then you instantly blame like it on Zach. Jeff. <laughs> Here, just put Speak Life. He, you have you a phone in your hand. I am. I'll do this for the listeners. Hey, Siri. Okay, Google. Speak Life. Oh, I only got that the government shut down and, and then reopened. Oh. Full. Oh, Toby, Toby Mac. Mac. The big dog. Is he the big dog? Is he? Okay. Well, in my house, with some my days girls, life feels perfect. Other days, it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between. That doesn't rhyme. Those, those are actual <laughs> lyrics. Oh. He, he, he actually goes real quick through those lyrics in that section. However, yo, it's crazy. Amazing. We can turn our heart through the words we say. Mountains crumble with every syllable. Hope can live or die. And Scott, you got the chorus right there. So speak life. Oh, you speak love. You speak life. Say it like you say McDonald. <laughs> you speak lie. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. See, I told you it was oh, oh, oh. Okay. All right. All, all this. All right. And it's such a small, trivial thing in this this story. So that song was playing in the mornings at at work, and it was just every once in a while, the kids' energy. There's always some kind of good vibration song going, and that was a good one. And our principal is a known Christian. And he even, I think he does the, him and his wife are like maybe even in charge of the children's uh, ministry at their church. He's out of the Christian closet, as it were. <laughs> and so people know this. The, the song stopped being, it got stopped. It was like gone in an instant. I'm like, what happened? And there are teachers, they're not believers, and they're very outspoken. And I'm... 99% certain that they were like, you're crossing the lines. He's a Christian singer. Nowhere is Jesus or God mentioned in the entire like song. A, like a good contemporary Christian artist. Leave it a little open, a little vague. Could How, be about your girl however, or boy. The, the fact that he is known as a Christian artist... <laughs> gone like that they was like <laughs> don't do that you can't do that in public school it was so without <laughs> that's establishing religion so it yeah <laughs> and it, so, it, it, so it gets knocked out <laughs> yet these these teachers are so oblivious that like the line the witch in the wardrobe 
is like, we got to do it every year. I'm like, yeah, ever uh, look into C.S. Lewis? <laughs> He's kind of a big deal in Christian circles. Toby Mac compared to C.S. Lewis in terms of like... <laughs> yeah, do you know who Aslan represents? <laughs> uh, Actually, it's um, Toby Mac. <laughs> Aslan represents Toby Mac? Yeah, it, it was. it's timeless. Aslan is so timeless that in the future, Toby Mac... I rest my case. He's the big dog. <laughs> I I just I, I oh you're, you're killing me. If my daughters heard you just kind of play around with the fact that Toby Mac isn't the big dog of Christian music, it would just it would. Well, aren't they going to listen to the podcast? It would devastate them. Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah, the ten and eight year old. There's really a reverse version of that of the non Christians. Okay. I don't know. If, hold on. Okay, you got. I so want to send. A, a message to all of these non-believing um, teachers and be like, hey, can't wait for you to do Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Such a great, <laughs> just a great novel. And, oh, I found some background on the, uh, the author. Amazing. C.S. Lewis. Check it out. So I have a question. <laughs> just drop the mic and then what are they going to do? We love him, but... What if... So you say non-believing, and I know what you mean. Um, Actually, they're more like fighting a fighting Christian. <laughs> okay, so I don't doing. know your exact situation. I was going to ask, what are the chances that they are they believe in such a way where they just don't want to come into dangerous church state? Maybe they're being overprotective. Whatever. I mean, maybe of they're what? believers of all, for all we know. They they don't want to. They just don't want to even go near. They know Toby Mac. They know he's. A Christian artist, they know DC Talk, maybe. No, DC. they actually had to investigate it a little bit. Um, but my thought was, because I... So, uh, I don't know if this directly applies, but I've been in restaurants before where... Or, like, a coffee shop, or... Let's just be honest, it's probably a bar. But I'm at a bar, and I can hear people no. talking at a table... And it's obvious they're like a youth, not youth group, but they're like leaders or youth group leaders right. or Christians of some sort doing a Bible study or whatever. And w- the one guy that's talking is talking loud for everyone to hear. Mm-hmm. So he's talking to his group and you can kind of tell it's like he wants people to hear what yep. he's saying. He's talking about God or whatever he's talking about. I get uncomfortable and I want him to stop. And right. I'm on his team. I'm like... There's something about it where it's just you can tell the motives are off. This is where it probably parts That's from there. As well, yeah. Um and I'm definitely okay, so I'm judging. I'm profiling. <laughs> but it's like I I am agreeing with most of what he's saying, but it, I'm feeling uncomfortable because it's stuff nobody asked for. Now, this song is I was just reading the lyrics while you're talking. And trying to listen. I'm not very good at doing two things at once, Jeff. So forgive uh, me. Not many men are. Um that's that's no that's would not, you move on? No, move on, you, move on, move on, move on. Totally that's society saying to you Okay, <laughs> but I was reading the lyrics and there's nothing in that song. That's why we can push the red button. It's just Continue. so speak life, speak life to the dark to the the thing is okay. To the Continue. deadest, darkest night, speak life, speak life, when the sun won't shine. And you don't know why. How did they spell sun? Well, in that case, good question. I'll get to it. In that case, I mean, nice <laughs> world life ends. Life as we know it ends. The sun won't shine. It's S U N, Scott. Thanks oh, for asking. Okay. Yeah. Look into the eyes of the brokenhearted. Watch them come alive as soon as you speak hope. You speak love. You speak life. You speak life. Oh, 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 oh. Mm-hmm. You speak life. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. It could be Hebrew for something. <laughs> So comments Which probably on that? has a number behind it, so we should probably do the new numerology. Are there, are there not six O's, right? Five. <sighs> okay. A handful. Because I think it goes over that what's three your, times. Wait, what's your comments on oh. That this song is not remotely... It's Christian in that it's... It's like... It's Christian in that Christianity is universal, like the call to love enemies and love people, in this case, seeing where somebody's brokenhearted... Right encouraging them, helping them along. There's no Jesus in there. So, yeah, maybe they're paranoid. Um, they yeah, do, I don't... So I, I know where they're coming from because I've known the individuals for several 
for several years and I know they're like science people and God doesn't exist. And, but the word speak life is Christianese. No, it's, it has an, an odd sound to it. Oh, totally. Speak life. It's like, what? Speak yeah. life. But you what, what do you mean you, life? No, I'm going to write a song called breathe. I'm going to love on you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to see how that goes over in the, uh, in grade school. <laughs> it, def- <laughs> it definitely is Christian-y. But you don't know that you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that it's Christianese unless you already had a background in that. You 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 don't you wouldn't come it's to It's odd language. You wouldn't come to Christ the kids aren't gonna come to Christianity. The kids aren't a, a Christian uh definition of that kids aren't term. But the teachers have this built in But an adult atheist yeah. wanting Christianity would you describe near public the, school. Would you describe them as militant atheists? Like so they're it's kind yes. of on their shoulder. They'll fight it. So they're probably looking for it. I mean, and that's different than my example of not wanting to hear a Christian in a pub yell stuff that nobody's asking for, because that's more blatant. This is less blatant, but I don't know. Do you think there's a, this isn't directly related, but do you think there is like some Christians feel like there's a war on them? Like, would you describe those people I as being at war? Some. Are those teachers at war with Christianity? War with Christianity? I like, don't know. I couldn't say if they are or not, but I know that they they like the fact that there's the words church and separation of church and state, and they want to take that as far as they can possibly so, so go. So do I. So do I. But keep going. They want to make... Sh- so any... Even the fact, if I said the word Jesus in the hallway, even if I was talking about what I was teaching in history that day, there would be oh, red be flags that would go up down the hallway, and people would be talking about, uh, Miss Pearson's talking about Jesus, Miss Pearson's talking about Jesus, yeah. someone needs to do something about this, I heard him talking about Jesus, he said Jesus. There's a teacher in the corner rocking with their... El- let their arms over the legs, like <laughs> Mr. Pearson's talking about Jesus. It'd be it'd be no different than if someone just yelled out the F word in the middle of church, and it'd be like Scott said the F word. Scott said the F word. I mean, not you, Scott. Scott said that the F word. Scott. Some other Scott, Scott said the F word. Family. <laughs> well, Scott definitely wouldn't say that word. He's such a good young man. Family. That's fantastic. Well, I, there are there are definitely teachers that are at war. Oh, Not all sure. of them. Yeah. No. No. Um, no. But I, because most of the teachers wanna... that I that are at my work are believers. Then you got four or five that they're just hell bent on. Uh, that that's pro- I, I think if you use the words hell bent, that you that's probably equivocal to war. Now, when you say hell bent, how far does it bend? And how long is the duration of the bend? Asking for a friend. <laughs> I'm going to have to phone a friend on that one. I have no idea. Scott, how is there any How far does your hell bend? Bent, hell bent bend. Just for you personally, just go ahead. We're not going to talk about it. Just, just for fun. Just I'm not, how I, long is the bend? How far? Oh, I, What's the I, I, arc? I I hear some whatever, but I'm I don't, I don't for, know. I'm just waiting for one of these teachers to to say hell. I'm like, oh, what's what's hell? Oh, you know what hell? <laughs> Whoa! I think God was speaking to you. His <laughs> mic fell down as soon as he said that. How far is hell bent? Well, there you go. You know, I'm just gonna need you to start speaking life into that microphone. <laughs> I'm just waiting for that moment where they get to define hell for me. And then I'm like, oh, so if there's hell, what's the opposite of? Mm, okay. Interesting. How's the line of the witch in the wardrobe? <laughs> so are heaven and hell equal opposites? Well, I think if you acknowledge is that, that what there, you're thinking of, I think if you acknowledge that there's one, there is the other. Or else, what the heck is hell? <laughs> 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 I like how he cleans it up. 
Oh, yeah. Okay, Scott, you thinking it? I'm I'm letting this go on. You you guys you guys go but for you're it. here. You guys go for We've it. We've had a couple episodes. Follow-up question. I know you've got one. Uh, I'm not going to debate him. I know. I yeah, actually don't want to debate you either. Very rare that you guys No. You're you ta- right. Are you I, talking about the hell in the heaven? Yes. So I, I think so I might have an objection can, to what I you can just said. I feel it. So No, but I could back them into a corner like you do with me. Because they I don't, don't back have, anyone into corners. So People back you, themselves into corners. There's you, and then there, I drop about 10, 10 uh, stories down to my knowledge of heaven and hell. <laughs> <laughs> and and then they drop another 10, 10 stories down. So I could kind of do a little apologetics. Wow. That was a tap on the... Is that a, you? Oh, you have your softball old, cup the on. The old scroat stop. <laughs> you got your softball no. cup on. That is the position you play. It's SS. I thought it was shortstop all these years. And nope. nope. It's scroat stop. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Can I stop this bottle opener? <clears throat> okay. So where did you want to go with hell? No, I I don't want to like... No. Get, uh, well, I'm telling you, I don't want to go deep. <laughs> you just did a Donald Trump... You know, you know, you know. My hell is darker. It's longer. It's the best hell ever. It's you harder. You know what was great with heaven? It was just watching the Democrats. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. The government's gonna shut down. Oh, we shut down. No hell. Now we're in hell. No hell is as big or as powerful as my hell. I'm losing the impression. I'm losing it. I never had. It. Did I ever have it? No. Sad. <laughs> We're making progress. We are really making progress. Thanks, MAGA, guys. MAGA. Ooh, on that, man. Segway. Okay. <laughs> no, but heaven and hell, the reason I ask a little bit is most of evangelicalism distills things to whether you go to heaven or hell. Last week, we talked about the the brother and the friend and the institution above them where it's basically... Do you know where you're going, where you die? That's like their whole thing centers around going to heaven or avoiding hell or both. Was I not here for that? You were here. Oh, um, I don't remember that part either. We wow. didn't really talk about heaven and hell, but it was more just the the assurance of salvation. It came up. The book that this friend gave to our friend about absolute certainty oh, right. of, okay. your, of your salvation um, and just coming out of that stream and just knowing most of Christianity is that contrasting with heaven and hell. I, I'm just in a different spot. I know what you mean, because you're right. I think heaven and hell mean something, but I think it's very different than an, an, just an afterlife going to heaven sure. or going to hell. Right. And you're not even getting into that. You're just no. like this is poking and prodding. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's why I started to ask when I'm backing off, because... It's just, I don't know. Yeah, put your hands in the air. Keep backing up. Interesting. But, but no, because from my perspective, I see that less of an impact. You just said interesting and nodded your head, and then now you're triggering me to keep going forward with this. You're a master. <laughs> let him, Scott, let him you are it. a master troll. Scott, <laughs> Sc- <laughs> Scott, Scooter, what's going on? What's what's behind the interesting? Don't do that. We can't see your, mo- your face. Facial He's tics. doing the shrugging the shoulders. It plays like, well for a live hey, podcast no. if we ever do oh, one. Oh yeah. Um, oh, there's some so good. The, the, um, the heaven. So there, there's, there's. It's not. It, it sounded like you're saying that the heaven, or at least part of it, is on earth, and hell, at least part of it, is on earth. On earth, or, and I, this would be me inferring that heaven. Yes, is to your first all part. On Earth, only all on Earth, and Hell is only all on Earth. You're definitely inferring. Wow. My strongest certainty—I shouldn't even use that word because I'm wow close to certainty—is the emphasis by the early church was preaching the forgiveness of sins. There's no more like just basically saying in Christ, this is this is what Christ did. The proclamation of the good news. You didn't see the early church, and I'm talking in Acts, saying, receive Jesus or go to hell, or receive Jesus to, for your eternal salvation, or you'll go to hell. That's just not there. So 
I don't know why it's not there, but I know it means a lot to me right now in processing, meditating, and thinking on why it's not there for the early church and backing off of my previous apprehension of where people go eternally because it wasn't on their minds, at least not what we have recorded. So, well, well, what do you mean? Well, not have recorded. And I know I, this is what I want to avoid. Well, well I know, but... Um, Why'd you have to say interesting, so passive-aggressive? Uh, it's like he's laying a trap. Yeah, yes. I, I am. Well, just because it's not in Acts um, doesn't mean that it's not on the minds of the early church, and Paul definitely emphasizes it in his epistles, which are written to to the churches and were to be passed around. Um, so I, j- just because it's not an axe, what does he emphasize? Of, uh, th- there's an emphasis on the afterlife. Yeah. It, wh- why Why forgiveness How of so? sins? Um, well, forgiveness of sins is, is not just so that we can feel good about ourselves. There's, a, there's uh, the Im- imputation of righteousness is not for this life. It's for the afterlife because you cannot be reconciled to God and reconciliation with God so that you would be with him forever, that you'd be in Christ, so you'd be with Christ forever. Mm-hmm. Is not for the, this life. It's only, it's the after. It's after we die and then we rise again and we go to the judgment and and God um, rewards us. Um, Is that, that Paul? Paul uh, emphasizes that? Is it more... Afterlife, or is it more what you're doing? What you're doing now? There's, there's no. It's not. It's not. Uh, one is more emphasized than the other, or one. It's either one or the other. That's uh, not what I said. They're, they're. Uh, I don't mean uh, to say it's one or the other. <laughs> right. It, it, I think the emphasis is. Anyways, this is, this is weeds. You are correct. Paul does seem to set the things up like that. I think there is a lot of reading in that we do based on tradition, on what hell is and what heaven is. And I think the Bible says specifics about that stuff less than the church now is comfortable uh, saying. And that's my point of emphasis on why I was questioning Yeah, so Jeff. what is... Yeah, and I want, what does that mean, though? I want to back up the truck. <laughs> what does that mean? What do we... What yeah. do we what do we do with that? It's 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 there. You know what? He, he, I mean, he I'll tell you for me. Valuable, he spent valuable time. Papyrus is not cheap. He spent valuable time writing about this, and and that was actually the encouragement of the church. I, is right that, now, the, the the market, I would say you probably don't want to buy papyrus right now, Jeff. Papyri. Papyrus. 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 Um, but but papyrus of the Caribbean. Like, and, and the hope, the hope of the church was Jesus returning, and so that we would we would always be with the Lord. So, I, so to to de-emphasize that in any way, I think, is a mistake. Uh, you're setting up these things Don't, where I'm forced to respond just, in no. ways that are stupid. Then be strong. I will be strong. <laughs> and it I'm just saying. I'll just say for me. Can I speak life into uh, myself right now? Oh God! No, I'm backing up. This is going to be 15. I'm just saying. Later, this is going to hurt me. All I'm saying is, yo, I'm supposed to be that's Scott's word. chicken salad with my wife right now, but I'm like, I'm sacrificing. God, please don't let Zach and Scott go back and forth. And you, here we are. Didn't answer any of my prayers. Maybe, but it's okay. Maybe God. He, maybe he's teaching me. He's teaching me. Yeah, patience. It's definitely patience. not that he doesn't exist. It's definitely that his silence is just that. Okay, that was dark. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, for me personally. I and for loved ones around me, I think so much of our fears as Christians, Christianity is based largely on fear, fear of the outsider, fear of the gaze, fear of whatever agenda, like tack on agenda next to the key boogeyman word or boogie person to be more whatever. You're afraid of women, aren't you? Um, Anyway, go ahead. No. But do not draw him in. Sorry. No, it's Afraid the boogeyman, boogie persons. No. Uh, Christianity, it's based on fear. It's not what they're for. It's not the good news. It's like practically in their lives that most Christians I know and that I'm close to, there's a strong element of fear. And a lot of that stems from if 
for some reason I'm wrong about this, I'm going to hell forever. Good caveat. I don't think that people would necessarily admit to that, but it's my belief and discernment, which I think is my spiritual gift. And um, you can speak life into that later, Jeff. And Scott, I'll let you love on that later. But um, I don't know what that means. (laughs) Shut the front door, Scott. But I, I, I think for me personally, I want that fear off the table, the fear of where you're going when you die, when you die. I don't believe that the point of going where you're going, where you die was the point of the early church spreading and what the, what their great commission was. Um, it's an element that the Bible says a lot less from my perspective than I was led to believe growing up. So that's where I'm coming from. And that's what, that's what stemmed me, you know, poking you a little bit, Jeff, to see, you know, what that was about, and then spinning Scott and I off into a classic, it's been a while, classic, uh, solid diversion, that we're obviously in different spots, and that's okay. And that's I think it's a mistake to not, uh, to not teach or share the expectation of living life with Christ forever, eternity, in the afterlife, um, and it doesn't discount anything that we do in this life, the way we live, um, or how we should live, but uh, it's, it's a mistake to not... To not uh, to not share that with people, and I affirm that. God, Scott guys, Holbert, that was amazing. That Scott was Holbert, four minutes. It was awesome. Hey, don't we have? Something? And I gave him the last word. Do I get like a sticker for that? Because uh, I want to like I'll give you yell at him right now. High five. <laughs> what was that? Sorry, that's my. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, so <laughs> I want to I want to keep going. I know. Because it's it's interesting mm. that I talk about it being the hope for the for the church, and you go into the, and you go into fear and people afraid of going to hell. I'm like, well, it's it's an interesting. Uh, no, I mentioned it as the hope. I think and you go lot. to the fear. There's aspect. a flip side anyway, of that hope. Yeah, and that's what the church preaches. There is a flip. There is there is the side that's that does believe that that hell fear that, that I, some people are going to hell. Yeah, Jeff actually, and I went yeah. to Rumpus. <laughs> And yes. every person that got that. every person that got baptized said read the same script. I was I was afraid. Yeah, I thought I was a Christian. Then I thought, man, I'm not doing good enough, and I I must not be a Christian. I was afraid of missing the rapture, and it's it's all like afraid, afraid, afraid. And my ministry leader pointed this part out to me, <laughs> and now I need to get baptized. Oh End God, of story. rapture coming! Watch out! You should be afraid of God. <laughs> The fear you fear of God. don't you don't fear him who, who can kill the body only, but fear him who can there kill it is. the body. And we lost soul. the hope. We got back to the fear in Scott. Well, no, I'm saying that for Christians, our hope is Jesus returning. Those who are not Christians, what you. is their hope? They have no hope. Nope. Yeah, all right, they I'm just, just leave that alone. Or else to if, live. If if they had hope, they don't need Christ. All right. So, on that lovely note, <laughs> I've got this book. How many stories? Seven stories. They're actually like three stories within each story. So it's like 28. Actually, it's, there's depth. It's a rich, it's a rich read. I get stuck just in one section. <laughs> like you're I'm trying. like, I need to, I need to, I need to discuss this. I need to have a great conversation. All right. So I was sent a book. And now we're here. I was Let's sent a book by Anthony W. Bartlett. And it's called Seven Stories, How to Study and Teach the Nonviolent Bible. Nonviolent Bible. Which version is that? It's the NVB. <clears throat> does that already exist? The Neo Variable Bible? No. Oh, it not cha- not Bible. It changes with... Uh, cha- changes. <laughs> I guess nonviolent is one word. Changes with whim. All right, mm. so Scott's building strong. That's dangerous. Men. That's dangerous. <laughs> so, anyways, I got this book, and the requirement is that I give a little review. So, I'm going to do that, and you guys can feel free to contribute. But I can't believe you said that. I, I'm obligated. <laughs> well, I, I have a disclaimer to read at the end, too. Are you serious? I'm required to by the FCC. How much are we being paid here? Nothing. Well, I guess technically we got paid in this book that we can share with each other. You know, this is just a nonviolent Christian moment. It is. It's all right. I like that. So seven stories, how to study and teach the nonviolent Bible. I agree when Scott, well, I agree with Scott in that when he first read that, he's like, what? <laughs> That's my impression of you. But I, I had the same reaction. It's like, interesting. 
which I think is on purpose. I mean, they don't just throw words willy-nilly onto book titles. No. But first of all, the look of this, it's like a little textbook, right? Yes. looks like a textbook. And I don't mind that. School freaks me out. But for some reason, this textbook... Let me hold that. Okay, hold it. It's leafing through it. They're colored pages, too. Oh, yeah, well, what would you say? The I do out, like this. The I, outside of the... I do like that. I know. We'll get to the mm. inside, but just the presentation of it is pretty cool. I mean... It's like a it's like a brochure or like a, a, a some sort of marketing material. A two hundred and thirty six page <laughs> <Pamphlet>. brochure. <laughs> yeah, but it's I do appreciate the style of it. The simple cover. It's got this, um, like Scott said, it's colored on the edges of the pages. So as you're if you're looking at the pages and leafing through it as if it were a flip book, the color goes from deep blue to very light blue. And it's like the book is going somewhere, which I appreciate. And as we'll see in the contents, you can see that's kind of the theme of the progression of the Bible. Um, hmm. So just briefly, I'm just going to read the seven stories because they're right here. Story one is Oppression to Justice. Story two is violence to forgiveness. Story three, the land and its loss. Story four, wrath to compassion. Story five, victim to vindication. Story six, the temple and its deconstruction. And story seven is history to its end. And I think five of those sevens are definitely something to something else, like blatant progression from violence to forgiveness, oppression to justice. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very... We should have the shocker here for every time I say, um, because I'm losing that battle right now. Oh, God, it's right there. (laughs) Before, I mean, we're not going to go super in depth, but I'll say the design is cool. Better than cool. Oh, my gosh, it worked. It made Scott. (laughs) Scott pressed that button and. I'm going to turn it off. (laughs) He doesn't trust himself. (laughs) But the thing can be, as as I've read it, you can read through it pretty quickly it is kind of a textbook but there's space on the margins for notes there's a couple there's a page after each story devoted for all of your notes um and so you can get through it if you just read it very quickly it's not imposing but if you want to with each section it um it has bible verses Sometimes they write them down. Most of the time they say, read this section about X, Y, and Z before they go into their discussion over that passage. So if you were to read the Bible and really study to, to mine what they're going for, it would it can go super deep. So And that, that's their intention is for personal use or a teacher that knows the stuff to lead a group or whatever. Um, so it's it's pretty versatile in that way. Now, this is where Scott... I need you here. I'm here. Okay. What are you looking up right now? Looking up uh, the word heaven in Acts. Go ahead. So you're not here. I am here. <laughs> sort of. He's in All hell. Right. Anyways, this book, if you are somebody that, where the Bible is generally something to what we have now in our translations that we have, do a pretty good job of saying exactly what God wanted to communicate, and you're not doing a lot of historical critical analysis or willing to go there, it might be tough because um, it's taking you on a journey from violence to nonviolence in Christ. That's kind of the the hermeneutic centers on the work of Christ, the Bible culminating in the death and resurrection of Christ and what that means, uh, which obviously doesn't mean the same thing to everybody. Um, But I do want to read a little bit about that the hermeneutic it's going for. So this is straight from uh, their first lesson. Let's hear it. It says, The scholarly name for the work of interpretation is hermeneutics. Biblical hermeneutics is the formal study of interpretation of the Bible. As argued above, the literary and historical critical method is one set of tools we'll be using to understand and interpret the Bible. Another critical interpretive tool in this course is 
an anthropological lens derived from the work of René Girard. And they talk about him uh, before and after in this. So, uh, Girard argues that the Bible reveals the violence at the heart of human culture and points to the way to overcome this violence. In other words, the Bible progressively demonstrates this generative nature of human violence, the way in which it gives birth to human culture, hand in hand with this, it opens up the possibility of a new and different humanity not based in violence. More will be said about this in Lesson 3 of the cycle, but we can say at once that if the mainspring of the Bible is not the legal weight of each, each word, but a progressive engine of discourse overturning a root human condition, then we are discovering a radically new hermeneutics, one which provokes human transformation. In a nutshell, the Bible is a living, dynamic document that reflects and projects a changing understanding of God and humanity. So that's kind of the way they're looking at uh, the Bible. So building towards Christ's death and resurrection and what that means. So if the, if a relative literal conservative approach to the Bible is the way God meant it for us and you're not open to anything else, it's probably going to be uh, a little bit irritating uh, digging in to that. Scott, do you have any thoughts on that? Um... Yeah, people should not be violent, unless it's unless it's required. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> uh, uh, to say that, yeah, to, to, to say that there's no ne- never a place for violence is not is not correct. There is a there are times when violence is needed. Okay, that's not really where what we're doing. All right, I'm just gonna move on. Well, nonviolent Sorry. is nonviolent. Oh, go ahead. Um, well, it's basically that God is nonviolent, and the way so how be, does it progress to be like God is nonviolent? If that okay, if that's so, if that's the case, how does it progress from violence to nonviolence? Then? So I will say that when I mention the stories, each story has three lessons. The third lesson of each story is how Christ fits in. So when it's talking about oppression of justice, and it's going over early. Hebraic, and even before that, the Hapiru, I believe. Yeah, what is that? Um, And the Exodus. Lesson three is the Sermon on the Mount and how those, how Jesus fits into that. And basically, it's every story, the third lesson is recentering it, looking through the, their Christ self-sacrifice, Christ nonviolent lens, um, which really, uh, resonates with me personally right now. I was not, I didn't read anything that was like blowing my mind in a way that because I'm there, I mean, Greg Boyd is similar, the nonviolence of God. He'd, I'm sure you would quibble, quibble with some of this stuff, but Brian Zahn, his book, Sinners in the Hands of the Living God, uh, it's all kind of ballpark of ha- having what Boyd and others call a cruciform hermeneutic where you're reading Christ's death and emptying himself and resurrection, you read all of the parts of the Bible through what God was doing there. And so that's what this book is doing. And I think it does it pretty well. The Rene Girard stuff, the anthropological stuff, centering on mimetic theory, I think I'm saying that right, where it's something I want to look into further because this is just kind of like graces over it, basically how humans mimic each other. And that it just creates this cycle of vi- basically violence mimics violence and how the Bible slowly pulls people out of that violent cycle um, very broadly, you could say. And this is just me, not the book, but it's in the book. The birth of the sacrificial system, it goes over the roots of that, like, you know, pre... Are you talking about this book? Yes. Okay. So... And just in general, the move from violence to nonviolence, they're arguing the Bible is on this progression. So that's when it says how to study and teach the nonviolent Bible, in mind they have that God's will is for nonviolence for people, and he showed that through Christ, and that's very crude and broad. And I do recommend it personally. And and so if if you're like, well, my old... So my personal history is a literal reading of scripture and then struggling with what well, I feel like there's something else going on. It things don't seem to add up. seems like there is this difference in God's or God's not always portrayed the same there. There is 
there is other ways. There are other ways to interpret scripture, and and this is one of them that has been helpful for me personally, even though I I was kind of there before I got this book. So uh, if it sounds interesting, I think you should get it. So do the title and uh, author again? Seven Stories by uh, How to Study and Teach the Nonviolent Bible by Anthony W. Bartlett. And what's the publisher? Thanks for asking. Hope Time Press. Hope Time Press. Cool. I don't want that book anywhere near my public school because I heard you say the word hope. We can't have that. <laughs> I heard that's Christian. I would, yeah, an example would be an example would be cool. I'm, I'm all for people not being violent uh, as a part of their everyday uh, mindset. Um, but if yeah, if, uh, if someone's about to do violence to somebody else, they're you know I think the godly thing is to uh, to act in the name of Jesus. So I don't know if they cover that at, at all, but uh, yeah. it's funny it, when I'm finding that a lot in, online. Where well, actually, let me finish this. So I'll read a little bit of the introduction. There's a quote attributed to Richard Rohr, and even if he didn't say it, it's certainly worth repeating. Many Christians have to go through a time and experience of atheism because the God we have been taught to believe in does not exist. This book is nothing less than a schooling in necessary Christian atheism about a God of violence. But underlying and vitally more important than that is the revelation. It is the revelation of the God of love who has been there all along and whose very character of love prods this kind of atheism into being. Exclamation point. That paragraph, like that, that's something that just where I'm at right now, it grabs me. And it's like, okay, I want more of this. Can and I ask I, a question of, of go you ahead. about that? Yeah. Um, so, if it's a it's a different God, um, can people who have the idea that God has acted violently in the past and that He will in the future judge judge people who have whose sins aren't forgiven? Um, they have a different God according to that, right? So would that, would that mean that they have, how can they have a gospel of love as well? Um, does that, does that also, um, would he say that about their gospel, the gospel of people who have an idea of a violent God, would their gospel be different from, from the, this person's gospel? That's a good question. And I'm going to leave it right there. Yeah. That's a great question. Because if you I have a, if you have a different Mr. Bartlett, yeah, if you have a different gospel, Mr. Bartlett, um, they, I think Paul says that they are anathema. So whoever's gospel is different is is anathema. So I, that's a very serious, very serious thing. Um, but yeah, and because of that, also I think it you're, you're be, imparting uh, more. Well, that's why it's a question. So this this is a good example. Uh, if you're like Scott, it's a question. I'm not sure you're going to get a lot of this book. Uh, what, do you, what is that will. supposed to mean? It means you're two paragraphs in and you're missing the point. I'm okay with I'm okay with saying something is is <laughs> I a, know, uh, that's a different is a different that's gospel obvious. if it actually is. But he's saying that the there is he's saying that people are worshiping a different god. So that's a logical question. That's the next question. If it's a different god, do you see how you might be missing the point? I think I get his point very well. I'm not sure you do. The course of study, I, I continue, the course of study provided here shows how Jesus' teaching and practice of nonviolence are rooted in the deepest and most dynamic levels of the Old Testament and ultimately are nothing less than the full revelation of the biblical God and God's plan for us. Divine nonviolence is the core of the Bible's journey of revelation from Eden to the New Jerusalem. So the, the introduction is long. It keeps going. I had planned on reading more because it, was really lighting a fire, speaking life into me, Jeff. Good. I'm glad you like something that confirms what you already uh, were already at. Yeah, I think I already said that. <laughs> so if if you not as condescending as I did, so ha. Right, and so if if that so means of you avoiding dealing with the subject matter, I'm not, that's how, on how you. am I avoiding dealing with it? No, I, I can I tell am you're checked out. My nonviolent tongue. Gosh, Scott. No, he just he. You guys are having a great he conversation. Said, he said they have a different God. I well, I don't know how. What's what's the point? Never mind. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> you're right. I don't. I shouldn't, you shouldn't try to explain it further. <laughs> it's gonna. If you let it, it'll stretch you, whether or not you agree with it. And 
I say go for it. Seven stories. I received this book free from the author and her publisher through the Speakeasy Blogging Book Review Network. I was not required to say a positive review. The opinions I have expressed are my own. I am disclosing this in accordance with the Federal Trade Commission's 16 CFR Part 255. And the views expressed in the book, Seven Laws, Seven Stories, does not ex- expressly represent the views and opinions of Roswell's Bear Corporation or its affiliates. That's true. And we are not responsible for any displeasure or discomfort. I did say the opinions I have expressed are my own. You didn't have to go over that again, Scott. Well, but he's only speaking for himself. Who? Whoever is required to read that statement. I did, but Zach gave the review. Yeah. Okay. Good observation. Shut up, Scott! We already have that in a in a soundbite. Why did you need to say it again? Shut up, Scott. Wait. All right. I Was will there say a soundbite though, there? I will say, yeah. You should put those in together, see how close you are. <laughs> it is interesting, Scott. You like very interesting. The you bringing up, well, sometimes violence is required is a common thing when when somebody is preaching nonviolence, the pushback from Christians is Well, what if somebody came into your house? Would you use violence against this? Does he distinguish He's not talking about that. Okay. He's talking about well, the narrative building to Christ. He's talking about the heart of the Christ and therefore of God is nonviolence and leading mm-hmm. humanity in a pattern from violence to nonviolence. And that violence is is at the heart of humanity. It's it's we see it in children. The Rene Girard's mimetic theory. Mimetic violence is a kid, a baby, or two toddlers fighting over something. It's like that. The other kid didn't want it until he sees the other kid. It's they're mimicking their mm-hmm. desires, mimetic desire. That's what I was looking for. Snap twice, four times, boom. But a kid wants it. A person wants something. You want it too, not because you actually want it. It's because that it actually that person wants it, and it spins into this cycle of violence that, left unchecked, would destroy humanity and sure. the earth. So, sure. it's it's pointing to Christ as a way out of that, and that's God's heart. So, according to them. Yeah, and that, that's why I, I, that I was clear. I think my I think that question that I have is ha, has a theological implication to it, though, um, where uh, yeah, God God is love. At the same time, when there's a need, there's violence. I, it's just so that's <laughs> I I totally understand. <laughs> Uh, where you're coming from, and uh, I empathize with that, and I, and I don't blame you for it. Is God bringing that? Well, that's actually a good question. When he talks about the cup, he has a section on the cup of wrath and uh-huh. what it means to drink the cup of wrath or a cup of wrath to be poured out. Um, mm-hmm. And so there is exclamation. I, I struggle with that word now. Wait, what? I almost what I said it. Happened? I said it right, but Scott knew I struggled over getting it out. I didn't even. I, no, you're I, laughing. I, I, double X, double X, nation. Anyway, he's got this thing of. It's not a thing. Gosh, I need to pick better adjectives. Is that an adjective? Like. No, anyways, no. he's got this thing. It was fine. No, building, explaining what wrath means and how wrath is to be interpreted in light of a God of nonviolence. So there's this building back from the the Christ cruciform hermeneutic. And so, yes, there is wrath. The Bible is full of wrath and violence. But in a nutshell, it's God allowing who he is to be reflected and mirrored in humanity. And what they saw and what they thought God was doing. Say, say that again. Sorry, probably didn't say it well. But you you said God allows people to mirror. They're mirroring their image onto God uh, okay. when when they're writing about his rat, like God doing things in judgment. And what he's saying, and others, and the review's over. But forgive me if I get this wrong, or don't do this well. Is that when? Um, we'll edit that out. <laughs> 
ba- basically humanity is seeing themselves in God and that what the a cup of wrath being poured out is basically and he shows it in the prophets when it shows different depictions of things how you can look at it as because this nation did this the wrath of God was basically the other nation reacting and then the other nation reacting and so you can choose if you look at it flat and just say well it it says God did this this is God's wrath God made that happen or you can look at it a different way where you see how the natural consequences thing of things are described as God's wrath. So wrath, judgment, all those things are in play. They all exist. It's not something where we're throwing out that stuff and just picking the good loving things. It's a Ooh, wh- why not? Cause that's not what they're doing. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you want that? Oh, okay. Oh, good. You can just throw out one thing. No, that's oh, okay. I said, on a whim, right, Scott? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I said they're not doing that because the assumption is, and previous oh. straw men you've built up is that there's no more judgment, there's no wrath, there's no consequences. Oh, yeah, well, well, and that's yeah, what, not what, what they're doing. If, it's just a new way. It's a it's a way to interpret it that makes sense of a nonviolent God. So there are there are those things, but they have nothing to do with God. That's not what I said. Well, if there's no, and I'm not going to explain it again because. I don't you didn't think you're explain in a, that. It's a question about what you've said. If 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 God didn't do those things, and those things are wrath and judgment, then God's not doing them. So how does He have anything to do with with them? If if that's not His nature, I don't understand your question. God is not violent, so He doesn't do wrath or judgment, right? Is that no? Okay, so He have, okay. So that's where that's where I need no, clarification. Uh, All I'm saying, Scott is what we interpret as wrath is different than it says God's wrath, therefore God was directly doing that to them. Okay. It's, it's a reinterpretation. It's, a cruciform interpretation. Right. Is God involved in it? You'll have to read the book, Scott. I'm not going to read the book, at least exactly. not yet. I have I have uh, 200 books I, I, know. I need to read. Good grief. Um, but but that's if, if God's not doing it, it's happening, it's wrath... What's God's involvement? How can you? How He's pulling us out of it. No, well, but no, but it's. But when I say God is not, God doesn't have wrath, and you you say, well, no, that's not what I'm saying. No, I, what I said was, people. In addition to you, when I bring when this stuff has come up, the non the idea of God's nonviolence, like His nature is nonviolent. You have previously built straw men. To make it sound silly that there's no basically anything goes it doesn't matter what you believe there's there's no consequences there's no wrath you set up this straw man and you just that's that's to, why I'm asking you questions about it right I'm, I'm saying and so that's uh, why so, I just said what I said the last ten minutes well no but if you if if a straw man is there's no consequences and there is no wrath and then the so, straw man is misrepresenting it and so I, that's why I'm saying it's reinterpreting those things it's not discarding them. But if God that should be the end of it. No, because I'm saying that I'm saying that God has wrath, and, and we have to go right. And, and so, if how is it a straw man? If you're going to say God doesn't have wrath, and I say, well, then there's no wrath, and there's no consequence That's for not, not believing. So that we're God not. Has we're not. We have to stop because you're not hearing me. We'll let the listener determine that. Does God have wrath? I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know the response to that. Does God have wrath? That's my question. All right. That's mm-hmm. why I asked initially. You guys figured it out. Bros, Bottles, Beer, Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram. Hey, maybe maybe you need to come back at me, people. Hit, hit Zach up. Say, hey, Zach, you're nuts. You're pacifist. You're stupid. It's there. It's all there and, in the and Bible. Just go and read Bartlett's book. <laughs> and, and, if, and if God doesn't have wrath, if someone thinks that God doesn't have wrath and they're not a, a Christian, then, yeah, they don't. there's no consequence of, of that because... Because just because they don't think that God doesn't have wrath doesn't mean that they're going to do violence in the world. Next on Bros Babbles Beer, <laughs> a violent tug of war between Anthony Bartlett and Scott Scooter Holbert. They're, they will duke it out in a wrath-like judgment moment. There are other there are other systems. Uh, some, wait, some wait, religious... that was a drop the mic and the show. Dude. No, if like, only it were true. We yeah. gotta, we got to reach out to Bartlett. I wish really Bartlett would true. bust open the door. Dude, Scott, the one time just we... for fun, just for just for effect. I love you. I wouldn't hope that. I on just you. I want someone to give me straight answers my to my questions wrath. for once. 
I want somebody to listen to my relatively straightish answers that somehow have been sometimes and just leave it at that. I'm positively 100%. You might be right. And this has been Bros, Bros Bibles, Bibles and Beer. to get juicy. Bros, Bibles, and beer, creating sacred space.